Section 7 of G. K. Chesterton in America, A Catholic Review of the Week. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. G. K. Chesterton in America, A Catholic Review of the Week by G. K. Chesterton. Spring and the Story of God. The only two things that can satisfy the soul are a person and a story, and even a story must be about a person. There are indeed very voluptuous appetites and enjoyments in mere abstractions, like mathematics, logic, or chess. But these mere pleasures of the mind are like mere pleasures of the body. That is, they are mere pleasures, though they may be gigantic pleasures. They can never, by a mere increase of themselves, amount to happiness. A man just about to be hanged may enjoy his breakfast, especially if it is his favorite breakfast, and in the same way he may enjoy an argument with the chaplain about heresy, especially if it is his favorite heresy. But whether he can enjoy either of them does not depend on either of them. It depends upon his spiritual attitude towards a subsequent event and that event is really interesting to the soul, because it is the end of a story, and, as some hold, the end of the person. Now it is this simple truth, which, like many others, is too simple for our scientists to see. This is where they go wrong, not only about true religion, but about false religions, too, so that their account of mythology is more mythical than the myth itself. I do not confine myself to saying that they are quite incorrect when they state, for instance, that Christ was a legend of dying and reviving vegetation, like Adonis or Persephone. I say that even if Adonis were a god of vegetation, they have got the whole notion of him wrong. Nobody, to begin with, is sufficiently interested in decaying vegetables as such, to make any particular mystery or disguise about them and certainly not enough to disguise them under the image of a very handsome young man, which is a vastly more interesting thing. If Adonis was connected with the fall of leaves in autumn and the return of flowers in spring, the process of thought was quite different. It is a process of thought that springs up spontaneously in all children and young artists. It springs up spontaneously in all healthy societies. It is very difficult to explain in a diseased society. It is something like this. Men, looking suddenly at spring flowers, have a poignant sense of being at once intoxicated and unsatisfied, a feeling only to be expressed in the words, What is it all about? What is that shining mystery which is called the beauty of this world? Who did it? Why did they do it? And what are they going to do next? What shall I do about it? What does it all mean? The vegetation considered as a process, man could in almost any age have explained simply as a process. He knew lots of processes, bodily, domestic, utilitarian, which worked like clockwork, and to which he never attached any sanctity. What demanded explanation was not the process, but his interest in the process. The wordless emotions that mastered him at the sight of certain things, and not of others. It was not so much a question of a certain system in the world as a certain spell laid upon him, 
and it may be noted that travelers and missioners, the most sagacious and the most superficial, all report that in barbaric tribes the minimum of religion is always a belief in the charm or witchcraft of certain creatures and things. It was not the opening of the flowers that the man wanted explained, but the opening of his own heart when he saw them. Religion did not begin in botany, but in something far higher. There are a number of excellent people called agnostics, now probably numbering the majority of the most educated and influential class in society, who sincerely say that the soul does ask this passionate and personal question, but that there is no answer. I am not arguing with these people, not just now. I merely record what the responsible among them will all admit. That in heroic states of youth or simplicity, the question is always asked, often in subjective opinion answered. And that whenever it can be said to be answered, it is always answered in one way. The soul is satisfied. The soul can be satisfied only by something involving a person or a story. Any explanation is good enough for grass, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven. But only one explanation is good enough for the beauty of grass. It is the explanation that springs to the lips of every good savage, of every good poet, and I may add of every good theologian. It is a god. Then comes the next great leap of the liberated soul, which the scientist cannot comprehend. The fascination of the flowers, when once it has touched the soul, demands a story and a person. The moment the person is believed in, he turns ten thousand times bigger than the flowers or even the story. He does what nothing but a person can do. He explains. The baffling beauty which called him forth as an hypothesis becomes his mere adjunct and ornament. As the simple person sees it, the flowers were but a few hints that there was a story. And now the story has begun. For the soul cares no more for primroses than Disraeli did. It cares for the story of the spring because it is a detective story. A child does not look at the lustrous latticework of the frost and say, This can only be explained on the hypothesis that a man called Jack Frost does it with his finger. He feels that such feathery exactitude suggests the finger of somebody, and as he is not allowed in the best-regulated modern families to say that it is the finger of God, he says it is Jack Frost or anyone else he happens to have heard of. The process, which remains perfectly direct and prompt, is the passage from the idea of beauty to the idea of personality. Art cries out for an artist. It is plainly impossible that so standard a work as the universe should remain anonymous. But when a child has thought of Jack Frost, he thinks more of Jack Frost than of the Frost itself. The pattern only excites, but the person satisfies. By the end of the business, the child has begun to feel that Jack Frost has rather honored the windows by drawing on them at all. He is superior to windows, superior even to winter. He is what no dead things can be, he is in a story. As these children think about winter, so have all the children of men always thought about autumn and spring. If all this beauty meant purpose, the purpose took the first place. If not, the beauty was hardly even beautiful. If the flowers meant a god, they were flung at the feet of the god. 
if they did not mean a god, they were flung away. End of section 7